This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for your daily dose of all things Chicago sports. This is the Daily Score. Now, here's your host, Mark Grody. Hi there. We are already getting ready for another game for the Chicago Bears. The Bears, coming off this horrible, horrible loss to Denver 31-28 on Sunday, are already in sort of panicked preparation for the Washington game as all teams are that have a Sunday game. And then you've got the lickety split week up until Thursday, the bears and the Washington commanders before the mini buy takes place. And it's, you know, kind of a, an interesting mark in the season that the bears are headed towards here because it was last year after the mini buy that the Bears changed things and Justin Fields was unleashed and that was a game against Washington and it was a horrible game. The the Bears ended up losing to Carson Wentz and the commanders or the football team. I don't remember. Were they the commanders last year, Ray, or were they the football team? They were the commanders? Commander. We'll, we'll check it out. I think, I don't know. It doesn't really matter. They played the, the Washington team that night, lost. Justin Fields was pretty outspoken about his disgust with losing and everything that was going on with the Bears, and then things changed. We're at a point right now with the Bears 0-4 that what we could be talking about at the mini-buy this year is the job security of the coaching staff and really anybody in that building. Because if they get to a point where if they lose this game to Washington, that's what I'm saying, if they lose it and they go to 0-5, and that's what we might be talking about at the mini buy because that would be 16 straight losses going back to last year. And at some point in time, even if they are in the midst of a rebuild, there needs to be more competency on the field. And right now there isn't. And we all know that there's all sorts of stuff going on off the field, which the Bears have been having to deal with. And let's get into some of that stuff right now because we do have some follow-up from the Chase Claypool saga. Chase Claypool was inactive on Sunday against Denver. Inactive, wasn't there. Um, And Matt Eberflus told us yesterday that it was his choice to stay home, that they gave him a choice, and that he chose to stay home. And then we were told shortly after that by a Bears official that that was not the case, that Chase Claypool was inactive, but it was the Bears that told Claypool to to stay home. So with that said, 
Let's listen to a chunk of Matt Eberflus the day after the inactive designation. He wanted to say something about Chase Claypool to us. The record uh, for Chase Clay, uh, Claypool, uh, we did tell him, um, you know, not to be here for the weekend, including the game. Uh, we told him he'd be inactive, inactive on Saturday. Um, you know, and this morning uh, we informed him that he's not going to be here this week um, uh, for the game as well. And uh, we just feel that's best for the team um, at this time. So, uh, and again, Ryan and I um, have informed him of that, and uh, that's where it is. So we just feel that's the best for the team uh, right now. Questions? Yeah, is the plan to keep Chase Claypool away from the team until you trade or waive him? Yeah, uh, right now we're just having him stay, uh, you know, not be in the building this week. And then, again, Ryan does all the trades and transactions, and we'll decide that as we go forward. Why, so why, keep, him away? why keep him away from the team right now? What is the rationale behind that? Yeah, we just feel that's the best for the team. We well, just, why? Yeah, it's just like we said, you know, for in the building, we feel that's best for the team. And really it comes down to this, you know, when you're evaluating players, right, you know, in meetings, you know, in practice, right, and, you know, in, you know, in walkthroughs, all those things, it's important that you evaluate the entire body of work, right? And we just feel that right now Chase is going to be out of the building's best for our football team. There's almost no scenario where a team would do this unless that player was done with that team. Is that the case with Chase, that he's not going to play for the Bears again? Well, he's, he's uh, like not going to be in the building this week, so he's not playing this week. You know, so that we'll see where it goes from there. And again, like I said, uh, Ryan handles all those th- all those trades and transactions, and we'll see where it goes. Would you think there's some possibility that then he would, you would have him out of the building? You would tell him not to come to a game. You'd have him out of the building, not to go to another game, and he would somehow be on the team again at some point and play. All I'm saying right now is that it's he's uh, not in the building this week. Right, what transpired this weekend when you informed him he was going to be inactive? Um, meaning what? What transpired? Something obviously flared up to the point where he was separated from the team for the remainder of the weekend. Yeah, I would just say that we wanted to. Uh, we thought it was best for the team. You know, you know, in terms of transpired, what transpired is that we informed him he was inactive and he was not going to be uh, with the team at the game at that point. And then we informed him this morning that he was not going to be here this week. What was his response when you told him he was going to be inactive? And was that here at House Hall? Um, it was. It was over the phone um, on, in both instances and. Uh, his reaction was, you know, we'll keep it there. I don't. It's between me and him. It's obviously a part of this. Obviously, it seems to be triggering your decision to separate him from the team. Why not provide more clarity on on what his reaction was to explain why there's this sudden divorce and separation? Because it's a it's a conversation between uh, us, me, him, and Ryan. So. You, should, you should be able to give the factors for why you made the decision, though. Why did it get to this point with Chase? Yeah, I would just say that you know what we think is best for the team and how we operate here as a football team, you know, with the Chicago bears, you know, when I came here day one, right. I talked about, you know, being on time, you know, being respectful and working hard. And that, that to me is important um, for every individual. If it's a staff member a player or, you know, or a coach. And uh, that's where we are. And we feel right now, this is the best decision for us. Well, I feel like that answer indicates those are the those issues. Chase. Those are the issues then the ones you just listed. I'm just saying that's that's if if we have a standard for that, we have standards for that, and if those standards are met, then everything's good. If it's not, then then it's not. What did you think about him saying at his locker on Friday that he doesn't think that he's being used optimally, that he's not being used correctly? 
Well, I would just say that, you know, when we're in the situation we are, we got to find ways to fi- find uh, ways to get things done, right? You know, so that's a player, coach, um, and everything. I really have no reaction to that one or the other, but I will say this. we got to find ways as players and coaches uh, to put everybody in position to succeed. Hmm. Man, that is a lot there from Matt Eberflus. And it's clear that this is – Claypool was told to stay home for because he just wasn't really following team policy, team rules, Eberflus rules, try hard, be on time, all that kind of stuff. He had, he had violated, insulted the sensibilities of the coaching staff somehow in some way. So I think we understand it just took a long time to get there. And look, uh, I was just talking about this on the score. Do I think that Chase Claypool will return to play football for the Chicago Bears? I do not. I don't think so because I think that this is strike three. I think that there are things that have been going on with Chase Claypool that the Bears have not been pleased with since he got here. And, you know, if you'd like, most of which is his play. His play has not been good. And, you know, I've given him the benefit of the doubt at every chance, but the play has not been good. He went off on everybody on the sidelines last year in Detroit. He had numerous fights in training camp this year. He got hurt right after a fight he got into in training camp. He had the pup list thing where he's on it one day, off it the next day. And I'm sure that's not on him necessarily, or it might not be, but it just adds to the to the weirdness of the season and, the, quite frankly, the distraction that he has been. I mean, you know, this is no player is going to admit it, nor coaches at this point, but – it's, I don't know if they've used the word, but it's been a huge distraction to this team. Like, Komet has been a menace to the Chicago Bears. It has been a, it has been a real problem. Hurts the locker room. You know what I mean? Like, all the stuff that we sort of, you know, tiptoe away from, we don't want to say, oh, is he bad for the clubhouse? Yeah. Sounds like he's bad for the clubhouse right now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, Cole Komet played with Chase Claypool at Notre Dame. So, you know, they go way back. So I asked Cole Komet about his, his buddy Claypool. Yeah, just unfortunate. I mean, obviously, um, Chase is a really close, close friend of mine and I've, I've known him for a long time going back to, uh, going back to college and, um, you know, really unfortunate that it's kind of had it pan out the way it has so far. Um, but obviously, you know, coaching. Ryan are making a decision that they feel is best for the football team. And, um, yeah, so that, that's just kind of where it's at with it. Justin said yesterday that he's had to have multiple conversations with Chase about managing the display of his emotions. Mm-hmm. Did you shed any light on, like, did something happen in practice specifically with him in regards to that? No, I can't I can't speak to that. Not Nothing specifically that I, I can remember um, in terms of, like, an outburst or anything like that. Um, that being said, I know with what we're going through right now, guys are frustrated and, um, you know, Chase is, a, is an emotional guy, an emotional player, um, and things tend to come out with him like that. But um, I mean, at the I can't I, I can't speak to anything in terms of happening 
uh, in practice this past week where there was an outburst or anything like that. It's something that's been close with Chase and obviously is a key part of this, this organization. What do you relay to him about if or how we can salvage this relationship with the team? Yeah, I mean, look, I'm, I'm just going to be there for him as a friend. You know what I mean? Um, at the end of the day, we're all adults here, and, you know, we uh, you, everyone gets to make their own decisions and can say what they want to say on things and, you know, act how they want to act and, or whatever it may be. So, um, but as a friend, like, I'm, I'm always there for Chase, um, whether he's here or somewhere else, wherever it is. Um, you know, I'm a guy that always always be there for him, and if he needs the advice, you know, uh, you know, I definitely want to hit – I haven't been able to hit him up yet. Um, but we'll hit him up, you know, today after we're done with meetings and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, I mean, look, at the end of the day, that's – you know, on, it's on him to – do what he's got to do. And um, just as a friend, I'm going to be there for him. All right. On with it. On with it. Cole Clement actually had a really good game this past week. Had, uh, you know, a couple of touchdown passes. He 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 also looked like, you know, like a different guy himself in this game. He's the guy that – because you look, you got to look at Cole Clement a little differently now just because he did get paid. You know, he did get $50 million. So while he's not breaking their bank – he was paid a healthy sum, and he's expected to produce. And uh, Cole Komet did did produce. And Komet also talked about the the offense in general, which <laughs> until it hit a wall, looked refreshingly good. Yeah, I, I will say, like I guess positives going from yesterday. Um, I felt like there were, there was more of identity to the offense, and you could you could feel that out there, um, especially for those first three quarters. Um, you know, I know we, it was kind of a mold between, you know, using the playmakers. You obviously you saw what, you know, DJ and having Moon, uh, what, what they can do to stretch the field. And I was able to get some stuff underneath and obviously high, high, highly executing the run game as well. So you saw Khalil do some really good things. So um, you saw a good mesh of everything that you kind of wanted to see at times. And um, hopefully we can lean more into that and kind of keep progressing with it. The challenge of doing it against a defense that's not. Yeah, really good. Well, really good defense line coming up. Um, <laughs> Thursday night and, you know, quick rebound here. And, um, you know, a lot of the guys that we played last year are still on that team. So you can use use the tape from last year and, and look at it. But, um, yeah, we're going to have to be creative in some, in some regards, but also go at them and wear them down up front. And, um, you know, understand that, you know, this, de- this defense front is, you know, I think, one of the best in the league. Yeah, and last year Washington beat the Bears 12-7. to who was the starting quarterback in that game? Do you want to know who the starting quarterback was in that game, Ray? Starting quarterback in that game was, it seems like this was so much longer ago, Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz was the quarterback last year for Washington. I don't even think he had 100 yards in the game, but Washington beat the Bears 12-7. to um, Back to Komet, I just his numbers in the game the other day. Seven catches, 85 yards, and the two TDs. He did have the miscommunication with Justin Fields on the crucial interception. He did the right thing. And when I say miscommunication, that makes it sound like Claypool made an error. Oh, man, my hair. Um, But that's not the case. He did not uh, make an error. He did what he was supposed to do. He just wasn't improvising uh, um, or doing the improv that Justin Fields wanted him to do. Last cut. Somebody's got to talk from the defensive standpoint and somebody's got to talk for the the 0 and 4 start. So Tremaine Edmonds definitely a vocal leader on this team talking about the team's 0 and 4 start. 
It's going to be storms, you know what I mean? You, you, you can't run from those storms. You got to run to it. You know, I think that's just what the that's what the, the main thing that's being said in the building is. We're not shying away from anything. If anything is making us better, it's building us closer, it's meshing us together as a football team. And, uh, you know, sometimes you got to go through some stuff, you know what I mean, to, to get on the other side. You know, I think how you handle those storms, it's going to be the ultimate test of who you are as a person and who you are as a football and who you are as a football team. You know, I just think, you know, adversity is the number one teacher. You know what I mean? It builds character within yourself and it builds character within the people around you. You just got to keep one foot in front of the other. These storms are going to end one day, and when they end, we're going to be ready as a football team for sure. How do you process that, though, going from from Buffalo, obviously, where you were winning big time, to now, all of a sudden, in your career, dealing with, with storms, as you said? Yeah. I mean, this is not my first storm in my life. Uh, you know, I think, you know, that's credits to my mom and my dad for you know, instilling that in me as a young child just to be able to, to handle it when things like this happen. It's very individualized. Like, you got to look at yourself in the mirror, right? That's my message when I talk to guys. Like, even in Buffalo, everything wasn't just winning, 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 winning. We had tough times there. It was just about us connecting as a team, not pointing a finger, but, you know, just figuring it out. You know, it's like a puzzle, man. You got you got to figure it out one way or the other. Yeah, I mean, he, he again, he said uh, a lot of the right things there in terms of, you know, motivation. I could see a guy like that keeping spirits up in the locker room, and I guess somebody had to say something like that, and Tremaine Edmonds did it. But, man, God, did that defense blow it too, man? I mean, we talk about a lot of the, the loud moments, and those came out offense late in the game, and then the strip sack and the subsequent scoop and score. But the defense also let a 28-7 to lead get away. The defense is, that is. So just uh, another week where we have to say, yeah, bad all around with some encouraging tendencies as far as the offense is concerned. So thank you all for listening. We will talk to you tomorrow on the Daily Score for Ray Diaz. I am Mark Grody. Talk to you soon. Bye.